Oh no. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Do you see her? No, I just see her name. Did, yeah. you, did you show her Janet's uh, taqueria? I did. I sent it to her. She's like, oh, those must be some horrible tacos. Because <laughs> she can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still haven't gone there. I've only driven by it. So. Oh, yeah. You haven't checked them out? Oh, I'll let you, you can know check them it, out. It, it's, it's, it's like a shack on like in the dirt like off the highway <laughs> it might so be pretty it, good it's, it's probably bomb like yeah honestly yeah. like those are usually yeah. the best places those are usually the best ones and, and like if it has a b from the health department that means it's probably even better that's right <laughs> Dude, okay <laughs> did you do you ever work in food industry in your yeah my parents own restaurants oh what so yeah. you're a you're a <laughs> You're an heir to a restaurant. Oh, not one bit. (laughs) Nope, nope. All of our restaurants got pulled in together. uh, And then my parents sold their stuff. And now they're retired. Okay. Yeah. Living that large life. Living that life. (laughs) So so did you guys ever get a a B from the health inspector? (laughs) We didn't, no. Okay. When I It's pretty hard to get a B. Dude, when I worked at Pizza Hut, we got a B. what did you do (laughs) so because like the health inspector it's like always a surprise visit right and so they showed up um they showed up the like morning after our dishwasher broke yeah like usually that's what that's what gets you what a hobart the hobart Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. so like there's just and like she was ready to let that slide Mm-hmm. but then like the like emergency exit like was it illuminated enough and so that was like the last straw so mm-hmm. but i was proud of that b now i get to say <laughs> forever that i worked at a b restaurant <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was an art it was we did bad things there like if some <laughs> we would we would like throw if there's like a pepperoni pizza we yeah. would put like just too many pepperonis on it so when it came out of the oven we'd all like pick pepperonis up. <laughs> yes <laughs> and then one time we're like i worked um one time like one of the gals i worked with like she just put a bunch of pepperoni on like wax paper on a pan i was like do you think this will work You're like yeah and i was like 17 so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it goes through and then it just all came out burnt to crisp so. yeah i was gonna say probably caught on fire <laughs> so, <laughs> so bad um anyways all right let's compose ourselves we'll tack that on at the end um I got a I got a song to start off this episode of Oh uh, do we? Oh my goodness. Yes. I was gonna say, oh my Jesus. Oh my Jesus. Oh my Jesus. Wow, wow. Well, who was that? Who could that have been? I'll tell you it wasn't Kate Broke. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm over here. Look, I got my my guitars are all hung up. Oh, yeah, man. You're getting those bad boys up. Yes, sir. 
Okay. All right. Welcome to Los Nazarenos. Los Nazarenos. What's happening? The, Woo, the, we're back, man. We're pumping these bad boys out. Yeah. That's once a year we go. We do a blitz in the. <laughs> it's like you know when you're not supposed to like procrastinate you're like next season we won't procrastinate yeah <laughs> it's like, we'll, we'll oh, spread man. these out over the year now we're gonna do 10 in like four weeks <laughs> <laughs> you got okay. it all quality and quantity all right so uh we've been doing a few episodes on uh latin american theology mm. and ecclesiology and so we're gonna oh, shift gears to um some some biblical stuff so uh okay yeah we're, we're gonna not not that the latin american theology isn't rooted in scripture it is for sure it is for sure and um but we're gonna get like some tech get technical about um and this this new like recurring thing we're gonna do which is what's the deal with the bible <laughs> Right, yeah. What is the deal with the Bible, man? Tell me about it. Tell me more about it. All right. So, um, I know we we do a lot of we do a lot of scriptural uh, education on Los Nazarenos. Uh, mm-hmm. We're gonna do some deep dives though, like really peel back some layers about. Yeah, man. What we're talking about we're going so deep into this ocean of biblical studies that we'll see those animals that have like the luminescent antenna, <laughs> and then they'll eat us. Oh no! <laughs> and yeah, so one thing that I, in my experience of uh, being a pastoral minister, mm-hmm. is that Catholics have the, that Protestant joke of Catholics don't know the Bible is true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and for sure. It's like Catholics have terrible biblical liter- literacy, and I'm I'm sorry if that offends you. Mm-hmm. but it's kind of true um yeah. i mean i have people who hit me up and 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 if the person who the story is about is listening i hopefully you're not offended but anyways <laughs> they call me up and they're like justin the catechist told my daughter that adam and eve probably weren't real and i'm like yeah well, the catechist was pretty much right yeah right whoa be careful man we're blowing minds right now. like say what and so they're like one thing that i find is that catholics at least in the united states like Mm -hmm. maybe you'll have to give me the lowdown about uh uh south of the border kerwin all right um but at least in the united states catholics read the bible more like evangelical protestants than they do like mm. catholics and they actually have no idea how catholics read the bible so yeah no i think we're i think like that's I, i'd be i'd say that's kind of like the way i think like down uh like at least for my where, where like everybody grew up and stuff like that, they'd read it more like a book than anything else you know mm. yeah yeah it's like mentality of like just reading reading the bible like literalistically or like Mm -hmm. that it is every single word is factual history right Uh, it's not true like um like the book of job Ah. sorry 
Book of Job never happened. That none of that is fact. It's Oof. it reveals Oof. truth. <laughs> right. It reveals truth about God and about uh, the mysteries surrounding suffering and whatnot. But is it true? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. Yep. Yeah. God and Satan just chilling up there and be like, "Hey, look at Job." It's like a weekend. He just cracked a couple, you know, a couple of drinks, you know, yeah. like a nice light diet coke, or even the fact that it says like it says Satan. It's like God and Satan were hanging out and be like, "What is Satan doing in heaven talking to God?" And, oh man! And I have to be like, "Yo, slow down." Yeah. The Bible was not written in English. It was written in mm-hmm. Hebrew and Greek. Uh, yep. if you want to you could say satan mm-hmm. and the hebrew for that just means like counselor or adversary it's not pitchfork and tail and horns right. devil it's it's not <laughs> satan tempting jesus in the desert it's right um just some some other being up in heaven just chatting away with god chopping it up chopping it up all right is chopping it up still a thing i think not no i want to say it's probably not we're bringing it back we're gonna we're chopping it up back you heard it here first (laughs) folks what would be the spanish equivalent of chopping it up la vamos a patear all right yeah (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna kick it yeah all right well here we go so what are we talking about today Okay, broke. Oh man, let me tell you, <laughs> you told me what we were going to be talking about today, and I was like, I have no idea. I'm going to be here for moral support, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I think like uh, what would be a good way of like breaking the ice? I mean, you already told people half of like the stuff there is might not be factual so you already kind of busted a couple of heads right there uh you know uh i guess um the what we're focusing on today is what's called um what's what is it called documentary hypothesis is that is that correct yeah the documentary hypothesis (laughs) do i recall that correctly oh yeah oh nice man so people are gonna be like what what is this that's exactly what I said too. I was like, I have no idea. And so then like, I had to like, you know, dig up some articles and then you send me some articles and I was like, got it. I, I definitely remember when my professors talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely paying attention and not watching funny cat videos during this class. <laughs> I was in that class with you. I know. <laughs> was, I remember. I think was... Do you, do you... Do you, do, you, do you remember when that comment was made? It was like, you can use laptops in my classroom. Just know that I can't compete with funny cat videos because I'm not that adorable or funny. <laughs> and I was just cracking up. <laughs> I don't remember that. But I do remember, like, Father Garrett saying, like, and I don't know, somebody's, like, really weird name in the Bible, and then you made some, like, snarky comment about it. Oh, my goodness, yes. And then he he was like, well, I bet you they would have thought Kerwin was a weird name back then. Yes, yes, that's so true, and I was like, fair enough, fair enough. I didn't even think about that. 
Another one of my favorite Father Garrett moments is the classic Los Nazarenes just tangent here, but yeah, for sure. And so uh, he, we were mostly taught by Franciscans, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> mostly you're right, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say like a good at least half of our professors were Franciscan friars. Oh, for sure. And so uh, Father Garrett, there's like a bee flying around and then he just stomps on it dead. And then then like one of the classmates goes, Father Garrett, I don't don't think St. Francis would have been okay with you killing that bee. (laughs) And he says, well, I don't think he would have been okay with that stinging Zelenia. I love that story too. He's just, he's awesome. All right. But (laughs) cutting our tangent and going back to topic, we're actually going to be talking about like a super cool thing, uh, which is like the authorship of uh, the Torah or the Pentateuch. uh, Or like it's it's composed of the first five books of the Bible, right? And so, what books are they? Oh, man, I thought you'd never ask, he said sarcastically. <laughs> but it's uh, test time. It's test time. Oh, for sure. It's oh, the no, book of so Judges. We have Genesis, we have Exodus, <laughs> Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Woo! Oh, man. All right. <laughs> uh, and, like, these five books, um, you know, it's originally, you know, we're, we're talking here, like, pre-modern Jewish and, and Christian traditions. A, a traditional view of like the authorship of these of these books uh, it mostly pointed toward like one particular person um and like i'll give you some hints of who it's it, it'd be like stone tablets sea parting he Charlton ran away Heston. and came back <laughs> yes exactly right val kilmer <laughs> so a lot of people like during this like uh, gosh even up to probably just a few hundred years ago yeah like a few yeah um well into the middle ages you know they believed moses was the person who wrote the pentateuch who wrote the torah like the you know like he was the main author for all of these books and so um you know it wasn't until like and this idea again remained unchallenged until the 17th century it wasn't until like, you know, like um, kind of like the separation of the church where like more like a rise of critical thinking became like an actual thing again uh, after like the Middle Ages. Oh, I mean, like during the 17th century uh, that indi- like there were some key individuals that started thinking like, hey, like, I, I don't think it was just one person who mm-hmm. wrote this. Like, I think it might have been like a couple of people. Hence, uh, uh, I don't know how Moses could have written the the, the end part there because he's he, that's right. He writes about his own death. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so some people just chalk it off as like, oh, he's a prophet. They gave them the vision, yeah. you know. But it's just like, <laughs> oh man, that's a big stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. I like wearing stretchy pants, but even that's a big stretch. <laughs> You know, and so, uh, and so, like, you know, welcome to the 17th century. And we get some key figures to kind of like start doing some more analysis of like these uh, these books. And so, I think what I'm going to do 
um, is I'm just going to give you some, some of these key individuals and then uh, we'll summarize uh, a uh, understanding of what this like uh, documentary hypothesis is and how it's like broken down. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you, how do you feel about that? Does that, that sound pretty good, good to everybody? Yes. Cool. Yes, nice. sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, right off the bat, two people that we should talk about are like Thomas Hobbes or Hopes. How do you, how do you think? I would pronounce go with that? Hobbes. <laughs> Hobbes, right? Yeah. Because of Hobbes and Shaw. <laughs> the fashion first spinoff <laughs> horrible <laughs> no more tangents i promise <laughs> cars can fly and, in space <laughs> and then baruch espinoza both of these individuals are are um, are philosophers uh from their like respective areas thomas Hobbes from england and then burak espinoza he was uh born in the netherlands so he's dutch and both of these people are like agreed that it was uh, it was pretty crazy for Moses to have authored all of the Torah. I mean, and in, in, in his writings, Spinoza actually would write it's irrational mm. for anybody to actually believe this. It's like how could one person? You brought up a good point. How could somebody like write about their death or write about like all these things <laughs> that happened and like you know a homie wasn't even there. Yeah. And so like this again, these were individuals that were weren't necessarily catholic and so you know again they were they were starting to to um to just like start analyzing and looking at these like inconsistencies that that you would see throughout mm-hmm. throughout the uh, the torah right uh finally we get a french priest by the name of richard simon simon right simon simon no. Simon, eh? Eh, Simon. <laughs> not Yahweh, <laughs> <laughs> and he writes a pretty interesting book called "Critical History of the OT," and not overtime, as um, the Old Testament, <laughs> right? So it's the critical history of the over uh, of the Old Testament, right? And in his book, um, he writes that Moses could not have written all of the Pentateuch, as the books have historical descriptions and events that Moses would not have known about, right? And so it's just like, there's no way that this guy could have written it because there's historical events that have happened that don't line up with like the life of Moses, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so then, of course, once you start slinging the truth, like pineapple on pizza, people get upset, <laughs> you know? And so what happens is, you know, uh, his, his book gets banned by some goon uh, named Bishop Bosut, I think it's how you pronounce that name, B-O-S-S-U-E-T. Anyways, he's just like, hey, he he's under he's under the leadership of King Louis the Fourteenth, and he's just like, you know what, like we're banning this book, like we don't need this kind of agenda being pushed <laughs> out from a Catholic priest. So mm. no, thank you. Yeah, and that right? was but, uh, the Catholic Church wasn't on board until like the middle of the 20th century with with this wow yeah <laughs> yeah and so then i mean but i mean pandora's box has been open right and so mm-hmm. like people are like wow like if the catholic priest is talking about this like they we should look into this you know and so of course just like with anything like uh there's another individual his name is jean astruc I'm I'm sure I'm butchering that name. It's French, and I speak zero French. Wait, aren't you French? Well, how yeah. did you pronounce that? I'd have to see the spelling. 
to know the rules. I, okay, so it's Jean. J E Jean. Jean. Yes, Jean. And then the last name is A S T R U C. Yeah, Astu. Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I wasn't too it, it might be Astu. Oh, that sounds. I can't remember good. the words. I can't remember the rules because usually if there's, see, if there's like a, you don't pronounce the last consonant sometimes. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> well he he and he's he's uh a physician of uh that worked for king louis the the 15th right this this guy's like he's a new king he's working for him and he decides that he's going to publish a book to kind of like defend the point of view that moses did write the pentateuch kind of like mm-hmm. um retconning whatever the previous priest had said you know um and so here's the funny part that like the evidence that he like presents ends up being his like his undoing like he he, like (laughs) impales himself (laughs) and so he's just like well he's like i have evidence that shows that moses uses two names for god like elohim and yahweh right and so he he explains this by saying that he's using like that moses is writing the five books but is using like additional sources to help him write the torah and so then people are just like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, this is it. This is what we're looking for, right? And so, like, it's, the, it's this method He's of like looking proving for the point. Right, exactly. <laughs> Yo, Moses had all these. Yo, Moses had the Bible when he was writing the Bible. <laughs> it's just, that is hilarious. I didn't think about that, but that's Moses, so true. Moses plagiarized the Torah. But he, I was he's gonna be kicked this. out of university <laughs> i was thinking every as i was i was like looking at this i was just thinking to myself i was just like <laughs> it's like you know like when like somebody writes a paper and then you just like right click the thesaurus to change the couple of words <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i just see moses just doing that as he's writing well they this. used to they used yahweh right here i'll use el yeah. shaddai <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they won't notice. They won't know anything, Pro- and prof- so <laughs> Professor Yahweh won't notice. <laughs> uh, Professor Yahweh always notices, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's this like method of looking for variations that helped develop what would later be known as the documentary hypothesis. So it's this notion of just like oh, like there are variations, you know. And so then that brings us to, to our dude, our dude, uh, Julius Wilhouse. Wilhausen. Wilhausen, that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, as you can tell, he is a German biblical scholar. Um, his, his immediate desire wasn't necessarily to come up with the documentary hypothesis. It was more he was like authoring books on like ancient Israel history. Like, it was more of a historical component to it. But in his endeavors, he realized that like the sources in the Torah were all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And so like he 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 states that like the Torah wasn't necessarily like an objective eyewitness a- account. Instead, it's more like writings that came later that reflected the viewpoints of the authors, right? So it's it's not necessarily like 
oh, like this is like, and then I put on my pants, you know, it's more like, yeah, yeah. well, you know, like, you know, then maybe he would have gone dressed or something like that. Yeah. It, and it would, so, I think it'd be like, if, I don't know, like say we only had a oral history of like World War Two, like, mm-hmm. and then today we decided like, or then 10 years ago, someone decided to start writing stuff down and then somebody else in another place five years after that started to write stuff down and then they got together and then smashed their writings together. Right, exactly. And so this is this is exactly what, what like your example is exactly what he proposed. He proposed that like the Pentateuch is composed of four authors, right? And like he like assigned special lettering to them I'm looking at it now and mine says Jeep and it's not Jeep. <laughs> it's J E D and P. And Justin is gonna explain this because I don't know what any of this means. Yeah, yeah. All I know is that the J is for aka Justinites. The <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not <laughs> it's it's for uh Yaoists E's uh L. Elohist, is that right? Elohist. Elohist. Yep. The D is for Deuteronomic, and then P is for priestly. Yeah. And so that's as far as my knowledge goes. I okay. kind of like, I think like <laughs> what ended up happening is now we have, we've, we, we, we've, we've, we've given the foundation yeah. of how it is that we got to a documentary hypothesis from the beginning, right? Of a, tra- a traditional viewpoint to where we are now yeah and like um Valhausen is usually like associated with this and his like his hypothesis from the 19th century it's not like the golden standard anymore so if if you're like if you went to seminary or you're you're a um got those credentials like we we know that this is not how it's looked at today um but mm. this is like the the foundation like it's the launching off point like Wellhausen is like really the name associated with this um and then it's been his ideas have been developed and like dug into further um where like today there'd be like his four sources plus a couple others or like maybe like um for example like um exodus chapter 15 is considered like Mm -hmm. the oldest part of the bible and that might not have been written by any of these four oh i see it could have been it just was always there and then it got added in um and so yeah there's um there's more than just what j e d and p um but that's what we're going to focus on today um yeah and just before we dive into that um there's a couple like contextual things that are really helpful um to because if you're like like this doesn't make sense when i read the bible it's just like it goes nicely but if you've read the bible you have come mm-hmm. across contradictions 
where like oh, one, sure. one book says this about God, but then another book says this about God. And if you read, like, if you read Genesis really carefully, you're going to start seeing like wildly different attributes stated about God. <laughs> like, and then, or even like something really simple, like Genesis one creation, Genesis two, a different creation. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, which one do I listen to? Yeah. <laughs> which one's real? <laughs> and then, um, so you there's so with uh, J E D and P, and if you're confused by the J with Yahwist, it's just the J sound in German is the Y sound in English. Yeah. Um, oh, I should have explained that. <laughs> Thank you. That's why so, you're the expert. <laughs> so yeah, so um, like each of these sources are going to use different themes. They're going to use like different, like you'll see repeats and like some of the like words that they use or like phrases that they use and like literary or writing style changes. Like if you put like uh what's i'm trying to think of a good example like who modern day authors um, like if you put jk rowling <laughs> yeah if you put jk rowling um her writing say say you wanted to take harry potter and lord mm. of the rings oh yeah and create one story out of them but you weren't gonna change all the writing you were just gonna take paragraphs and sentences and start smashing them together someone picking that up and reading it would be able to tell this writing style in this paragraph is completely different from the writing style in this paragraph mm -hmm. that's what's going on in the torah and even in other parts of the bible that's what's happening here is that the writing styles, the literary styles are changing. And then another thing that's really interesting, and you have to like, I mean, this is even beyond my expertise to recognize this, but the Hebrew changes, like Whoa. From, from like, because we would think that um, the first stuff in the Bible started to be written down about 3000 years ago. And so the, the way that the Hebrew language functioned then mm. is, and so like, let's say the first part of like Genesis was written 3000 years ago. Okay. And then the, the last addition to Genesis was written 2,500 years ago. Mm. So Hebrew changed over those 500 I mean, years. 500 years, yeah. Like, the way that the Hebrew was functioning or the just the way the language worked changed yeah. over that time period. And if you know Hebrew, <laughs> you can actually see it. We're actually going to like look in the, we're going to look at a passage and it'll kind of come to light there. Yeah. But anyways. I mean, I feel like maybe like we can even apply it to like any, like just this, like, you know, like the English that we have now is completely different than the English yeah. that the colonists had. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah, for like yeah. the people who are like, it doesn't make sense. It's just, it's like, it, it changes. Like there's slang that we have now. 
like let's chop it up you know like yeah, yeah. you say that to like a cons and be like all right let's go chop some wood like yeah <laughs> like no that's, that's well even it. like if you went to all right i think if if you guys did you have to do the canterbury tales in high school like no dude i went to like no that what we, <laughs> i went maybe... to i went to public school okay i was like i don't know dude but... like, you went to a fancy school no. <laughs> y'all have books in your school <laughs> i was given a map okay my okay. at least <laughs> my senior year in high school was british literature <laughs> it was english literature right. junior or no no american literature junior year british literature uh-huh. senior year okay whatever <laughs> anyways <laughs> we get it you're rich <laughs> anyways this uh okay i'm just gonna spout off something in uh, oh yeah no just do it dude, for in sure. <laughs> old english so this would have been how english sound i think canterbury tales was about um 1200 beasts um 1200 common era 800 years ago so this was mm-hmm. english one that april with the shore of the soto the drought of march had passed it to the rota and bothered every vein and sweet liquor for which virtue engendered is the flow <laughs> like the, whoa the, that was beautiful i have no idea what you said all that, i heard was like vein and liquor and i was yeah. like all right <laughs> yeah that that was english <laughs> wow that was english 800 years ago like that wow so the hebrew changed and you could if you can tell when you actually are sitting down with the hebrew um okay so that's some background here yeah important key always important so the yahwist the j source these guys maybe girls i don't know but uh yeah. these folks they're yeah. coming at us about the 10th century to the 8th century uh mm. bce and they're hailing from the southern kingdom of judah you south side you in the right side and in the blue from the southern <laughs> kingdom anyway uh, yeah. for well, sure um so they so if you don't remember after king solomon died the kingdom of israel splits into two judah in the south israel in the north so we've got the yahwist are coming from the southern kingdom and they use the divine name yahweh exclusively Mm. so one thing that's really weird if you're just going to take the Bible from like a narrative standpoint, because Yahweh, the divine name, I am who am is revealed in Genesis in Exodus chapter three to Moses. When Moses is like, Hey, if they ask me what your name is, what do I say? Mm-hmm. And that's the first time that God reveals that to humanity. But Abraham is like thrown around. Yeah. It's like, like you'll hear it's like Yahweh, Yahweh, my God, like Abraham mm-hmm. out of Abraham's mouth or someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, which how how can he know that if the name hasn't yeah. been revealed yet? So the Yahwist, <laughs> they use Yahweh. Um, and I know we've said this before, but if this is your first time tuning into Los Nazarenos, 
in your Bible, if you see Lord spelled in all capitals, they are using mm -hmm. the divine name Yahweh. Yes, sir. All right. Another characteristic is a lot of <laughs> anthropomorphism where um, God is given human attributes. Like, so um, some stories that you could attribute to the Yahwist are like almost all of the chapters of Genesis two and three. So the Garden of Eden narratives where Yahweh's just taking a hike in the Garden of Eden. Chop, oh, okay. Chopping it up. Chopping yeah. it up. My boys and levitated. <laughs> Do a leap of where you at. <laughs> Having a kickback with Adam and Eve. So that God has very human attributes or like uh, in the flood story, like God closes the door to the ark and stuff. So, um, so that's kind of some general stuff on the Yahwist. Uh, the Elohist, they are using Elohim. Um, is kind of their main title for God. And that part where Yahweh is revealed to Moses comes from the Elohist. Mm -hmm. And they, they don't use Yahweh until after it's revealed to Moses. Um, so they're coming around about the same time as the um, Yahwist in the 10th to 8th century BCE. And they're from the Northern Kingdom. So North side. The, those Good. damn Yankees. Mm -hmm. uh, so. And so for that, we're like the Yahwist God is have all these human attributes for the Elois. God's a little more mysterious, indirect, mm -hmm. comes to people in dreams or sends like you'll read like the messenger of the Lord or the angel of the Lord came. That's that's going to be the Eloist in a story that's mostly written by them that if you want to go look at is the binding of Isaac. So when Abraham, when God is like, go sacrifice your kid to me, like the one kid I gave you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to make, I'm going to give you so many kids. Yeah. <laughs> you a hundred years old. <laughs> Kill this one though. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, kill the one you had with your yeah. real life with your real right. wife and not your concubine okay so that's that's a quick quick gist on the eloist mm -hmm. the deuter so um there's some kind of theories that say because the northern kingdom fell in the eighth century to the assyrians and so there's some hypothesis or theories that say like the Eloist clan of scribes who wrote this stuff down, they like came down to Judah. And then there is a first like editing done where they're smat, where the Yahwist and the Eloist sources are smashed together. Hmm. Um, so that's one theory. So then there's the Deuteronomists. They're mostly writing around the seventh century BCE. Um, the really easy book of Deuteronomy. That's them. <laughs> Man, look at that. Easy peasy uh, lemon squeezy. Yeah. And not only that, but all the like historical books that like make up the middle of the old Testament. So mm -hmm. you get Deuteronomy. They're basically trying to tell the history of Israel up until mm -hmm. the exile from Moses to the exile. 
So you got Deuteronomy, you got Jud- Joshua, Judges, Kings, Samuel, or Samuel and then Kings. Yeah. And so that's all the Deuteronomist. Is Ruth part of that also or no? It, it is not. Because oh. Ruth is, at least in the uh, us, us fancy Christians, smashed Ruth into the wrong place yes. in the Tanakh. So it's in the it's in the writings instead. No, I don't got have that right. Maybe I do. I don't. I never get it right. I think so. Well, it's not. It's not grouped in that part of the writings. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 yeah it's tacked on after Kings and Chronicles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So. Yeah. So they. But the Deuteronomists also have a certain perspective that you probably catch on to and. Uh, maybe you've held on to your entire life as a believer. Um, and that is that God rewards the righteous and punishes the wicked. And uh, that, I mean, that, that's, that's my catechist told me. Yeah, that's uh, not accurate. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually, that's what the book of Job is all about, to explore that this, that don't work. That's not the real world. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's not real life that's not real life All right. just because i feel like there's so many things on there that you're just like if i if i do this like where we're like where's 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 the line you know it's like, yeah let's yeah it's like and that's that's like job it's like job was perfect and mm-hmm. he suffered and i think we all know that like where we're like i'm a good person in my life yeah and that's that bad sometimes and then but then you have all these a-holes who are like fat and happy so right they're, pro- they're probably Look not out. happy but <laughs> right yeah. um all right so then the last one the p source um <laughs> icup um, <laughs> yeah beat you too <laughs> the priestly uh, this is about the 6th century BCE, and they're really concerned with priestly things, as you might under, as you might guess, but like really religious observance. Like okay. they, they are responsible for Genesis chapter 1. And so mm. you see the structure of Genesis chapter 1, God works for six days, and mm-hmm. then God rests on the seventh day, and then you have... Oh the law of the sabbath like you don't do any work on the seventh day because god rested on the seventh day so Mm -hmm. they're taking the religious system of the ancient israelites and they're interpreting their religion or they're interpreting god through that lens and so you get that um we can talk another time about divine inspiration so but for now that's what we're going with <laughs> like um, so yeah they're concerned with religious observance and they're so genesis one is the priestly source there's another story that's really interesting and it's the story of judah and tamar um if you don't remember this one tamar's married to one of judah's um sons and then he dies before she can have a baby and then so there's this thing called the Leverite law in ancient Israel, which was, and this is actually Ruth is all about the Leverite law, mm. is that 
if your brother dies without having a male heir, then you need to go provide him with a male heir. So it's basically you got to go sleep with your sister-in-law. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then that'll be your brother's son. So his name can carry on. Yeah. In a very awkward way. (laughs) And so this is the Leverite law, but Mm -hmm. in Judah, the story between Judah and Tamar, so um, the first brother, he's like, nah, I'm not (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to perform this duty. And, right. and homeboy pulls out yeah. and uh and then god kills his ass <laughs> oh man <laughs> slashed <laughs> you're like now, what now some people are gonna tell you that this story is about contraception <laughs> i'm sorry to all you apologists out there but this is not about contraception. It is about the Levrite law. This brother did not provide his brother with an heir, yeah. which was his duty according to the law of Moses. Right. So, so God killed his ass. <laughs> Talking about, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, rem- I remember this story now. <laughs> and then I think it happens again, like, and then, the, then there's like a third brother's like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> and then Tamar, Tamar is like going up to Judah is like, yo, you, you got to tell your boys to give me a boy. Yeah. And then she dresses like a prostitute. And, and Judah's like, damn girl. Yeah, I see you. You put on those fake eyelashes on. Yeah, yeah. and he goes and sleeps with her in disguise and she gets pregnant and then he wants to kill her for being pregnant. And mm. then she's like, look, here's that scarf. I'm the prostitute. And he's like, oh, oh you got me. That's the Levrite law. I mean, I've got to follow yeah. the law. Right, right. <laughs> you're, you're, in, you're in the right here, Tamar. <laughs> And so, but also funny that this law wouldn't have been established until the law of Moses, but this story comes to us from Genesis. So, right, just it's interesting. So, the priestly source they're all about the religious observance. So, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so down the road. Um, some people will say that it's actually the priestly source who edits everything together. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that's an older idea because mm. there's more that say that there's like a later editor who takes everything and puts it all together. Um, and so one of the things like contradictions, like you'll hear maybe the same story told twice. Mm, yeah. And, or like, yeah and so one thing you're learning is that these are coming from different time periods they're coming from different regions they have different mindsets they have different traditions and so whoever it is like whether it was one person or it was a group of scribes over hundreds of years whatever it was more important for them to retain all the various traditions intact Mm -hmm. rather than edit them into like one cohesive narrative 
So it's, okay. it was more important to like the ancient Hebrew people or scribes that all the traditions are kept rather than trying to make them perfect. And so if anybody ever comes at you and they're like, uh, maybe they're, they don't believe or they're skeptical or they think the mm-hmm. Bible's stupid and they're like, well, the Bible's full of contradictions. And then you just say, well, the contradictions are on purpose. So, yeah. There you go. Talk <laughs> about sh- like, yeah, like. My like, shorts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice shorts. Yeah. yeah. The, the contradictions are on purpose. Yeah. Like the, the tradition was that they would rather retain everything Mm-hmm. and try to make it like all jive perfect perfect right and that's right re- i mean that's really a i think that's a more modern thing to like everything needs to be perfect everything needs to line up that's really modern right. yeah. where like we're not comfortable with like ambiguity right and that's exactly the word i was gonna think i was thinking of like like the fact that like and I think it's, it's like, it's, it's, it, and it is modern because it's our desire to kind of control everything. We want mm-hmm. like a very straightforward, clear cut. Can I do this? Can I not do this? And then like, you know, it's just like it's scripture. It's, it, it is ambiguous. It does force you to sit down and think about the passage and how it can work in today's world. And like what what discern on it, you know, think about yeah. it, reflect on it. And and people, uh, I, I keep on saying people, but like sometimes, you know, just like humanity doesn't want to do that. It just it wants like, well, what can I do? Can I can I swipe right or swipe left? Can I click yeah, on yeah. this? Can I double click on that? Or, you know, it's just like what what can I do? And you're right, it, it, ambiguity is is okay. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard at first for sure. I, and that's for me, like ambiguity and like the paradoxes, that's actually like what makes like being a believer, that's actually one of the most beautiful things to me now mm-hmm. is to be able to be like, mm, okay, like I, yeah. I have to sit with this and that's a good thing. So, yeah. so good stuff so that that's like the cliff notes version of the documentary hypothesis <laughs> yeah and this is this we say that loosely there's so much information out there yeah uh and it's again interesting super interesting but what like okay like we've given a kind of like a historical like understanding of how like you know this came to be we kind of like dove in a little bit deeper into these four like uh groups of authors of of, of this uh hypothesis and how, like what what if like we kind of like break it down for them in like a super cool read a passage and this is this this is that kind of way what do you think about that man i think that's a good idea i think there's only one way to do this though yeah, and that's, that's right. That's via Los Nazarenos Bible Theater. La Biblia. Yes. I can never, mm-hmm. what's the word for theater or cinema? Este, oh, that's a good word. Teatro. Teatro. La Biblia yeah. Teatro. Uh, la Biblia 
Teatrica? Mm, that's mm. good. I don't know. I haven't even thought about that in Spanish. La Biblia Teatrica. Yeah, there you go. That was good. Los like Nazareros, that. La Biblia Teatrica. Vaya la con Biblia Dios. Teatrica. Vaya con Dios. <laughs> y con la Virgen. <laughs> that's, did you watch King of the Hill growing up? I, I've watched a couple episodes. Okay. Not, a, uh, not a lot. There's a, uh, there's a show within the show where it's a priest huh. and he's like a secret yes. agent. And he like, I think he, I don't know if he like directly kills a bunch of people, but he's, uh, he's often like shooting people and like, he'll like, right before he shoots someone, he's like, con Dios. And he shoot, but it's like a, it's like a telenovela that they watch yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in Texas I, in yeah. the show. It's yeah. awesome. Okay. Anyways. But yes, I wonder no. if there's like a YouTube video where like somebody like compiled all those clips. Oh, I'm sure there whole... is. I would like it deserves it a spinoff. Like they should just it make does, it its yeah. own show. <laughs> go with God. <laughs> go with God. <laughs> all right. So go grab your Bibles. Yes. Um, we're going to be reading from the New American Bible. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be. This is a really good passage to check, to examine the documentary hypothesis with, because there are three sources interacting. You what? Have the priestly, the Elohist, and the Yahwist are all on top of each other. In, Super cool. In uh, Exodus chapter 14. And so this is the escape. This is um, them crossing, the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. So... <clears throat> Let me drink some water. All right. I'm going to drink some water, too. <laughs> if you guys haven't noticed <laughs> who the theater person is, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> I still remember the one time you invited me to karaoke, and I was like, I am going to say no so fast <laughs> that it's not even funny. <laughs> you don't have to sing. Yeah, that's true. I'll act it out. <laughs> when, yeah. Almost, almost went down another tangent. Okay, so Exodus 14, we're starting at verse 10, going to verse 31. 31, very cool. All right. So now Pharaoh was near when the Israelites looked up and saw that the Egyptians had set out after them. Greatly frightened, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. To Moses, they said, Well, then no burial places in Egypt that you brought us to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us, Moses? Bring us, bringing us out of Egypt. Did we not tell you this in Egypt when we said, leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? Far better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses answered the people, Do not fear. Stand your ground and see the victory of the Lord will win for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? 
tell the Israelites to set out. And you, Moses, lift your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and split it in two that the Israelites may pass through the sea on dry land. But I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after and I will receive glory through Pharaoh and his army, his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am Yahweh when I receive glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. The angel of God, who had been leading Israel's army, now moved and went around behind them and the column of cloud moving from it in front of them took up its place behind them so that it came between the Egyptian army and that of Israel. And when it had become dark, the cloud illuminated the night. And so the rival camps did not come any closer together all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind all night long and turned the sea into dry ground. The waters were split so that the Israelites entered into the midst of the sea on dry land with the water as a wall to the right and to their left. The Egyptians followed in pursuit after them. All Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen into the midst of the sea. But during the watch just before dawn, the Lord looked down from a column of fiery cloud upon the Egyptian army and threw it into a panic. <laughs> and he so clogged their chariot wheels that they would that they could drive only with difficulty. With that, the Egyptians said, Let us flee from Israel because the Lord Yahweh is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. Stretch out your hand over the sea, Moses, that the water may flow back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea returned to its normal flow. The Egyptians were fleeing head on toward it when the Lord cast the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. As the water flowed back, it covered the chariots and the horsemen of all of Pharaoh's army, which had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not even one escaped. But the Israelites had walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, with the waters as a wall to their right and to their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel on that day from the power of Egypt. When Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the seashore, and saw the great power that the Lord had shown against Egypt. The people feared the Lord. They believed in the Lord and in Moses, his servant. All right. Teach Pharaoh. Teach Pharaoh. All I imagined throughout this whole thing was uh, was the actor, like the super bronze actor in his chariot. <laughs> Oh, Yule Brenner. Yeah. <laughs> he's also from, he's the king of Siam also. Not just, he's king of the whole world. 
Look at that. All right. What a gig. <laughs> All right. So let's break this down. Yeah. Because there's actually, maybe you're like, well, well, what's going on there? But there's some yeah. weird stuff. Now, if, if you're just super fascinated by this, the book you're going to want to get is mm-hmm. called... Please tell them about this yes, book. It's called The Bible with Sources Revealed. And Oof. it is by Richard Elliott Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. The Bible with Sources Revealed by Richard Elliott Friedman, who is a scholar and mm. a good, a fine scholar at that. So this version of, it also, it has a big explanation in the front, but it has the entire Torah with like written in different fonts. So you can see where the different authors are being engaged. And like we said, this is a perfect passage because there's three of them. So you have the mm-hmm. Yahwist, the Eloist, and the priestly source are all doing their thing in here. And there's tons of footnotes. Super interesting. If you're and I know this, yeah. yeah, if you're interested here, I know this is going to be a little irrelevant to the people that might be listening, but like what color are like the different like authors? Oh, so, so the Yahwist in this book is... Um, just regular green um, serif font. And Ooh, then, I like that serif font. You know the font too. Very cool. <laughs> uh, the Eloist is in bold green sans serif. Mm. And the Priestly mm-hmm. is in bold blue sans serif font. Oh, it's blue. Very cool. I think it's, wait. Uh, yeah. Scratch, scratch right. the, the font stuff. They might all be serif fonts, but... <laughs> mm. Anyways, um, but yeah, so there's like blue and green, bold, not bold. It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, so it's like, it's super, if you do get this book, it's like super easy for you to be able to like, and it's got a, a nice cool, like little, like uh, legend on top of each page. Mm-hmm. So that it tells you like what, what each one of those are. Yeah. So, like, when you sent me this and I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, this is, like, perfect. Yeah. If you really, like, want to dive in deep into this. Yeah, and it's nice because they also, those where you have the capitalized mm-hmm. um, L-O-R-D, in yeah. this translation, it's going to say Y-H-W-H. So, you know right. Yahweh is being used. Um, so, there's a couple interesting spots. Um, there is one as, actually as we were reading that caught my attention. I'm trying to see. Edit. Yeah, so like you have like phrases like the wind driving from the east that clear pulled the sea away. And then later on in, um, I think it's, oh, where's the verse? Yeah, and then I think it's verse 27, you have the wind driving back in the other direction. And then, so that's all the Eloist. And then, mm-hmm. so the 
or not the Elohist, sorry, the Yahwist is talking about. Um, and, and if you saw, what was that movie? I think the movie was called, was it called Exodus? I think it was like Ridley Scott where Christian Bale played Moses. And, I think so. Yeah, so they actually do this depiction where it's like, like Moses comes out in the morning and like there's this wind that's driving the water apart. And so that's the Yahwist. They're talking about like the wind drove the water and it's Yahweh mm. blowing the water. Um, you also have, remember we talked about anthropomorphisms. Yeah. And it's, um, I think it's the Yahwist who say like, and the Lord like peeked out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, and it was in the morning watch and Yahweh gazed at Egypt's camp through a column of fire mm. and cloud. Um, you also have where it says in verse 19, you, so first you have like um, God talking to Moses, like raise out your arms and your staff mm -hmm. and draw the water back. And then, and then you have like also like the angel of the Lord, like the pillar of fire blocking the way yeah. of the Egyptians. And that's, so remember anthropomorphisms for the Yahwist and uh, more kind of indirect things for the Eloist. And so mm -hmm. you have in verse 19, this is the Eloist saying, and the angel of God who is going in front of the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. So nice. Um, so yeah, it, it, this is just super interesting. If you're, if this is super boring to you, that's okay. But like, I'm a huge Bible nerd, so like I get really giddy about this stuff. Um, so, okay. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to point out, and that was in verses 21 and 22. And this is mm -hmm. where it's going to be like, you've got to be able to read Hebrew. Um, right right but it, what's great about this translation is that it gives you all these footnotes that's going to point out these little intricacies that you would never notice in the english and so in verse 21 um verse 21 actually starts out and moses reached out his hand over the sea that's the priestly source and now it changes sources <laughs> to the yahwist it says, and Yahweh drove back the sea with the strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry ground. And so you have the word dry ground. Remember that. Then verse, mm -hmm. um, and then it actually, verse 22 ends. So it's like priestly sandwiched and then the Yahweh is sandwiched between the priestly and it ends with, and the water was split. I want this is funny. Moses reached out his hands over the sea, and Yahweh drove back the sea with a strong east wind all night. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, if you were reading that that way with it all jumbled together, that means Moses was standing there with his arms stretched out all night. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> 
Homeboy must have been sore the next morning. <laughs> My boy working those traps. <laughs> well, that's happens in a, another part of the Bible where they actually like yeah, they're like they battling like the Ammonites. Underneath. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like like go get the go get the young people to hold his arms out so we can yeah. keep on winning this battle. Yeah. Um every time he'd put his hands down, like right, like they'd start overtaking them. Yeah. Um, okay, and then we carry on with the priestly tradition in verse 22. And the children of Israel came through the sea on the dry ground. Um, I think in the this other trans, I'm reading this particular translation. Mm-hmm. I think in the New American Bible it says dry land. But anyways, and that also brings up the question is like, why are you saying dry ground and then dry land? Like mm-hmm. here's why. It's a different word in Hebrew. It's talking about the exact same thing. It's talking about the sea being parted and the dry seabed underneath it that the Israelites can walk through. But in verse 21, when it says dry ground, it's using the Hebrew word um, leharabah. And then in mm-hmm. verse 22, it's using the, when it says dry ground or dry land, it's using the Hebrew word beyabasah, beyabasah. So there's two different words being used here. And then if you go back to the story of the flood, which mm-hmm. is also a combination of the priestly source and the Yahwist source, it's the same thing. You have this, these, the Yahweh source is using Laharabah for dry ground, and the priestly source is using the Yabasa for dry ground. So this kind of points to this idea that Hebrew was changing. Mm -hmm. And if this was just one guy, like if you were writing an essay or if you were writing a story, you wouldn't use two different words to say the same exact thing. Like, right. and, And usually, and this could even point to why the Bible sometimes clunky. It's like, why are they repeating the same words over yeah. and over again? It's like, and Yahweh drove back the sea. They passed and turned it, the sea into dry ground. And the Israelites came through the sea on the dry ground, on that same dry ground. So, yes. Yeah. So it's just interesting. And I think. So don't, so like, like, don't get frustrated either. Like when you're reading the Bible. And you're just like, I just read this. Like, what, why, like, why am I reading it again? Like, why is there like a second, yeah. like, like, what, what do they call it? Are they called doublets? Is that, uh-huh. or du- something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you get like doubles of things. Like, and you're just like, what is going on? I remember like wanting to read like the Bible when I was like a young kid and I'd read it. And I'm just like, I'm so confused because I read the same thing like seven times yeah. already, you know? And it's like, it, and this is why, you know, it's like, it's kind of like that. That's what this like whole thing is about. It's like, there's, there's reasons for all of this, right? Like there's like, at first, like on like surface level, we're like inconsistencies, fake, don't want it, you know, but yeah. it's like, no, it's more like ecumenical brought all the traditions together, mm-hmm. like making every point valid because we want all of it. You know, we don't want just bits and pieces. You know, it's like we want all of these four traditions brought together. I think it's really cool. 
And like, again, like if you're able to get like a copy of that book, I keep on saying that, like if we're getting like sponsorship by this person, (laughs) (laughs) but I just keep looking at these like pages of it. And it's, it's beautiful to be able to see that, you know, uh, to visually be able to see the different like sources as they like weave in to one another. You kind of almost like, it kind of takes you back to that period. And you're just like, well, like I can see like, why you know they put this here and like you know and like it flows in with that because like at some at some parts like it almost kind of like explains it even more you know like Mm -hmm. it gives it further detail kind of going back to like that verse 21 to 22 you know it's like Moses reached his hand out over the sea and the water was split like yeah like that's a very like quick way of doing it right but then you have this other source I was like, yeah, but like, we have to tell him why it was split, you know, Mm -hmm. it was split because Yahweh drove back the sea with a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry ground, you know, and so, and then the water split. So I don't know, like that just makes it super dope. Like it makes it so much cooler. Yeah. And like you get to, if you, if you pick up this uh, version of the Torah, you can actually like skip and only read the certain parts because I can just like right that's so true too i didn't even think about that yeah because you you have this whole chunk where in verse 10 it says and the children of israel cried out to yahweh and then you have an energy and that's the priestly source and then you have an interjection Mm -hmm. from the elohist saying and they and they said to moses but it's like that Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense the children cried out to yahweh right and then they said to moses but you can just skip all that and you can just read the next part. That's the priestly source is and the mm-hmm. children of Israel cried out to Yahweh and Yahweh said to Moses, why do you cry mm-hmm. out to me? <laughs> Bro, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, and Egypt will know that I am, I'm at, at verse 18 now. Mm-hmm. And Egypt will know that I am Yahweh when I'm glorified against Pharaoh, against his chariots and against his horsemen. And then I can skip from 18 to 21. And Moses reached out his hand over the sea. How is he going to be glorified by this action? But you have another right. part of the story being inserted through the Elohim source, right. talking about the angel of the Lord coming in. Right. And it, but it's like, it's, so that makes it like more, like when you put all the sources together, there's mm-hmm. like, there's different stories happening. Right. And, and when you really look closely at, the exodus especially chapters 14 and 15 there's three it's like there's three accounts of how the exodus happened or Mm -hmm. at least how that happened at the um um at the red sea or the sea of Mm -hmm. reeds so you have like the wind blew the stuff apart and then they ran in there and the israel and the egyptians followed them and their chariots got stuck and then they drowned um you have moses lifted up his arms and split the red sea the one that we get in the movies Mm -hmm. and then he when they had all crossed he like threw the water back on them yeah and then yeah i think it's in i um i might be wrong but i think it's in chapter 15 where it almost sounds like they just all got into boats 
and then um and then yahweh just capsizes the egyptians boats <laughs> so there's like three there's three narratives going on in there so mm -hmm. okay well i think we've talked we've exhausted this <laughs> cliff notes version of the documentary hypothesis right right so all right well you got anything else you want to add um no never i mean like don't get discouraged by this and stuff like that like this might seem a little bit overwhelming because it's like maybe like you're thinking oh man like it's the same stuff but it's three different points of views in like one area but i mean just think about it as like the gospels are kind of like that you know yeah. it's like the same account it's it's through like the lens Four of matthew ways, yeah. mark luke and john you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. it's kind of like that but in the torah and cooler so yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> and more jesus and, is cool too though like don't get me wrong and, and more metal <laughs> yeah and more metal <laughs> cool. so yeah right. but other than that that's it thanks for listening guys yeah and girls and all right people all humanity. right y'all folks um <laughs> uh, okay well if you want to check us out make sure you give us a review out there wherever you listen to podcasts um mm -hmm. And you can follow us at Nazarenos for Life on Twitter, right. Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and yeah, Nazarenos out. Out.